Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Patty. Hey, guys. <clears throat> and today is going to be the uh, second episode of the week because we missed all of last week, which again, we are, we are sorry for. Uh, today's episode is going to be questions from the fans. So what I did is I went on to my Instagram account, which is just my name, Victor Odo, and I said, made a quick little story, which is just kind of a little mini update of my life that last 24 hours. And I say, hey guys, what's going on? I'm doing a podcast. If you have any questions, leave them below. And we got all, we got about 20 something questions in the last few hours. And we are just going to kind of start reading them off and interacting with you in this way. Okay. This is a great way to ask us questions. I'll just get right into it. This is uh, Craig's Universe says, how do you find, how to find what you love? What do you think, love? How do you, how does someone find what they love. Mm. I kind of have two varying opinions on this. I kind of think that it finds you, mm-hmm. but I also kind of think that you find it by doing. You got to go out and do, you know, if you really like painting, you got to start painting. If you are really into um, creating clay pots, you got to start doing that, you know? Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to find what you love by going out and doing what you love. And then it will just sort of fall, come to you, I guess. That's, yeah. that's me. That's I, what happened with me. Yeah, I would say find what you love by starting by doing what you like. And it reminds me of this uh. book I read. The name of the book is The Way of the Superior Man. I can't recall the, the author. And they talk about one's life purpose as being similar to an onion where a lot of times when we're a bit disconnected from our truth on a deep level we were basically basically working with this outer layer of the onion where it might be just something you like like for example i liked working out quite a bit that was like an outer layer for me so at that time when i was younger i thought my life purpose was to be a personal trainer etc that was what i liked at the time uh, you know more so than anything else so i did that but as i started doing and actually working with clients became becoming a trainer doing what i liked i was able to go deeper and and eventually i, I realized you know what as much as i like this I want something deeper. Mm-hmm. I want to help people in a deeper way. And that got me into working with YouTube. And that was a, a whole nother layer that was ripping off the personal training onion because I had all that time under my belt doing what I like. And now I was a bit deeper. And then that turned into coaching people. That was even deeper. Now it's the retreat. That's like so far like the core of what I enjoy the mm-hmm. most. I, I love it in ways I can't even put into words. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't have just, I wouldn't have found that if I just was waiting for something I loved to just smack me in the face. So I say start doing what you like. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Can you, this is from uh, Calendini. Chandra or Chandra, can you please tell me something about the phase of disconnection in the process of awakening? Have you dealt with that? Where you go through a phase of where you just feel very disconnected from your spirit, from your true self, etc. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, I just allow it to pass because it's always fleeting. So I try not to hold any attachment when I'm super high on spirit and like just flowing like boom, 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 everything's going perfectly. When I try not to hold the attachment to that. And then because I know that's fleeting. So when I'm in a disconnected state where things kind of seem out of balance, then 
I know that's fleeting as well. So I try not to hold any attachment to either direction. Right. Yeah, I'm going to use an analogy that I'm trying to work out in my head to make sure it makes sense. So (laughs) imagine you have a very clear pair of sunglasses and you're looking at an image, like a picture or a figurine even, of your true core awesome self. Like that's you. You can see it clearly. That's when you feel connected because it's right there in your face. You're connected with that awesome version of you, even though the metaphor, again, is just a picture or something. But sometimes, because you're going through an awakening process, things come up. Old blocks, old beliefs, old habits, old you know energetic density comes up to the surface and it will temporarily sort of muddle those glasses. So for a little while, your glasses are foggy. It's it's fogged up with your own crap that's coming up to be released. So even though that figurine, the picture on the other side of those those glasses is still there, you're never disconnected from spirit. Just at, at this time, there are things coming up temporarily making it seem as if you're disconnected. I probably could have find, found a bit of a better metaphor, but I think you understand the picture. When are you judging by the look on my face? Because I'm just like... Yeah, no, I'm just my own judgment. <laughs> I could have thought this No, I better. think... No, I think that it was... It was good. Like anyone who wears glasses understands like when it's really humid and you go outside, your glasses get fogged up. So any, yeah. and I do wear glasses. So but the outside me, that, world's still there. Just, yeah. Your, your you lenses, just have to, your consciousness is foggy. Right. And it goes away. And that's just, that's the general nature of the awakening process. You go from bouts of release and what you would call disconnection. And then as you let those energies go, you have the reconnection where you feel good and connected at a deeper level with more clarity. But then because we all have a lot of stuff, it the process just continues to repeat itself. So both aspects of the awakening, the connection and the disconnection, um, are fleeting. Mm-hmm. And the idea is to have the attitude like Patty, just to kind of understand that it's okay. You didn't like break your glasses. They're just foggy and then let, let the humidity adjust and they're going to be just fine in time. The idea is not driving yourself crazy, not punishing yourself during these periods of disconnection, knowing they're going to pass. Right. And also you can use them as an opportunity for learning. Yeah. You know, because that's really when you feel like you're disconnected, I feel almost more connected with what needs to purge out of me so I can become my better, another better version of myself. Yes, exactly. Yeah. A lot of times when you're disconnected, something that's attempting to be released is taken up 100% of your focus. Mm. But that's, it sucks if it's something unpleasant, which it almost always is, but you really get to <laughs> see it and say, what is this thing? Where did it come from? How do I release it? What is it trying to teach me? And that allows you to have an accelerated process of release, even though it temporarily you know, severs you off a bit. That's yeah. okay. It's, it's for the purpose of you releasing it and coming back to connection deeper than before. Right. This is for Julian or Julium Minerva. How to prepare for a big shift in your life so you're not overwhelmed when it happens? I would say, good luck with that. <laughs> you won't probably be able to avoid that overwhelm yeah. for the most part. The, yeah, I mean, a lot of times when a big shift is happening, it just feels overwhelming because there's a lot that is happening all at once. Mm-hmm. So um, be in a state of allowing and just allow for things to come in and um know that it might be challenging to like figure all things out at once and that's okay 
I mean, we still get overwhelmed. We get overwhelmed all the time. We didn't have a podcast last week because we were overwhelmed with all the stuff that we (laughs) had planned. So it's, it's like, I, I feel like that's probably unavoidable. Um, but you can just allow what's coming in to just be as it is and then just do your best. You can't do better than your best. So just do your best. Right. And we're not saying don't prepare yourself for the future. We're not saying that, but I can just sense by your question, you're referring to the surprising changes that can sort of erupt in one's life as Mm -hmm. they start to wake up consciously. Um, And those, what I could say is that you're not going to be able to to prepare for them because they're just fast, sudden changes. It's mm-hmm. hard to prepare for such a thing. But the more big shifts you go through, the less overwhelmed you'll be because you'll have had that experience yeah. under your belt of seeing them through. Mm-hmm. We know when we get overwhelmed and big changes are happening, we're disconnected from spirit for a little while and <laughs> things are going down. We know that something awesome, a, a positive change is, is coming in. And we've learned to kind of have that core. We've trained that correlation in our own minds through experience. So we associate big, crazy ass changes with something really, really awesome and positive. Yeah. And therefore the overwhelm is much different, less because we know it's something positive. Mm-hmm. But I would just say, just trust yourself to be able to handle whatever happens in your present moment. Cause that will always be the case. A lot of times when you wake up, you start to attract into your life, things that stretch you beyond what you thought you could handle to show you what you can actually handle so these big overwhelming shifts are super positive mm-hmm. julian this is for hey it's lynn hey lynn it's victor no it's kidding um <laughs> what is your personal opinion on night terrors waking up through the night screaming with no recollection and sometimes seeing figures by the bed i've had that a million times how about you love uh, I wouldn't say a million. Maybe not a million. I've never woken up screaming, but I've cried in my sleep and I've woken up like with just drenched in sweat. Yeah, she's referring, or Lynn, I believe, is referring to night terrors. That's where you, where it seems like you wake up, like from your mm-hmm. dream. And, I would get that when I was little, where, and I would try to scream, but nothing would come out like that. Yeah, so okay. I'll just explain it real quick for the audience. So a night terror is like when you wake up and you think you're done sleeping because you wake up and you're in your room and you're in your bed and everything's the same, but you're still actually asleep. You're still actually in the dream state. And many times when that happens, you can't move. Sometimes you can actually sense the presence of something around you mm-hmm. and like like uh, uh, other entities can be there sometimes holding you down. It's super, super freaking terrifying mm-hmm. for anyone that has happened. But what I would say, let me just look at your question real quick. Um, yeah, that used to happen to me a lot when I was a, like a little kid. Yeah, so here's the deal. Here's, here's like the, not just the silver lining, but the blessing. That what's happening with you is the, you're in a lucid dream. You're in a lucid dream. You're awake. Mm-hmm. You're conscious in the dream state. But sometimes when that happens, what initially is experience are your fears like holy shit i thought i was awake and now i can't move oh my god and then you you get all this fear energy and that sort of mirrors out into your dream experience just like physical reality and you got the crazy beings the negative entities you can't move etc but those are experiences that are reflecting of your fear if you can understand that what you're doing is waking up in the dream then you can take control of that dream Literally, if you can relax yourself in a night terror, you can stand up, 
and you can fly out of your ceiling and through the cosmos. <laughs> I sh- that's exactly or go to what Bali. I do. Yes, I go to Hawaii often. <laughs> for real. Once I realize that this is basically a lucid dream and you can do whatever you want and you start using the power of your mind, then the, the lower entities, they go away and you start creating amazing spiritual journeys. So I would start, if I wake up and have a night terror, I'm like, hell yeah, let's go rock. Let's go, let's, let's go, go to, to Bali or Hawaii. <laughs> um, it, it takes practice. I'm just sort of being facetious, but not really. Yeah. I've never actually been able to lucid dream like like Victor has. So if you can't do that, that's okay too. <laughs> well, if they're having a night terror, they well, are they, lucid yes, dreaming and just not right. aware of it. Right. Yeah. I suggest if this happens to you and anybody else, relax, just breathe. Remind yourself that you're in your own dream, which is that of your own creation. And which is the power of your intention. You can do whatever you want. You can literally fly. It's the most badass feeling you can imagine. It feels exactly like you would expect it would feel to fly. Okay. Let's see. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, any ways to help with the physical body pain through through shifting, like during shifting? This is for a uh, creative work. Creative works by Gabriel. So, have you ever experienced like the your awakening highlighting physical pain? Um. Well, actually, yeah. Um my shoulder issue. Mm-hmm. And when I was pregnant with Sebastian, I had like horrible back pain, which is common during pregnancy, but I never ha- I didn't have it with any of the other pregnancies. So, I mean, yeah, neither of us fortunately have had that learning lesson of like intense physical pain where you're in pain all the time. But right. I did have, um, an, an issue with my shoulder that lasted for many years and it's kind of on its way out now. And one of the things that helped me, if it's localized, this will help you. If it's just physical pain all over your body, I don't know what to suggest. But um, there's a book by Louise Hay. And it's called Heal Your Body from A to Z. And um, in that book, she you could say, oh, my, for me, it was my left shoulder. So my left shoulder... Your left side is your feminine side. Your right side is your masculine side. And so for me, I was able to go into that book, look up what the shoulder issue was, um, and she ha- tells you basically what you can do to help it heal it. So it didn't, I mean, it wasn't overnight because it was a, a process of, um, of something that needed to be released within me. But um, that was very helpful. And I just... Now my, I mean, my shoulder's not a hundred percent yet, but it's pretty darn close. Better than it's been in many years. Yeah. That's good advice. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, a couple of things that come to mind is you could ask yourself, what are you learning from this physical pain that you wouldn't be able to learn otherwise? There's a reason for everything. I'm not saying this to minimize your experience. I know it, it must suck to have a lot of pain. I've had periods of my life that have been very, very physically painful, and I know it's no fun. But there almost always is something you can learn from that. And you can sort of even ask yourself, why am I choosing to manifest in this way, this type of pain? I'm not saying it's your fault, but I'm saying try to understand that you're creating your life experience and there's something there for you 
in this pain. And many times, the sooner you can get the message and the lesson and the healing, then the, the pain will no longer need to be there to, to show you something new about yourself. And with that said, beyond that, another practical thing would just to be take really good care of your body mm-hmm. and make it, you know, so, so you're revving on all cylinders and you're, your, your immune system is as good as it can be because during the awakening, it can oftentimes be very compromised because, you know, uh, as an example, as you're purging tough emotions, which we're all doing, and you, you trigger your body into that kind of fight or flight, uh, you know, central nervous system zone, it's, it releases a lot of cortisol. And it's hard. Awakening is hard on your body. Processing emotions is hard on your body. So what I've done is I take, I take cold showers. Well, I'll do a lot of yoga. I take, I eat healthy. I take really good care of my body, knowing it's kind of on overdrive, mm-hmm. and therefore There's, I, I can, you know, get over illnesses quickly and so forth. Right. There's also like turmeric is a natural anti-inflammatory, so you can like look into what what is your pain, like what is the the issue with the pain, and you can find um, different things. There's essential oils that help with pain. A lavender is one of my like favorite go-tos, like for everything. My friend Barbie puts lavender on bruises before they bruise, and then they never bruise. Or if they start to bruise, she'll put lavender on it, and it goes away. Um, so there's many different modalities. So find, find a modality that resonates with you and then look up like, okay, if you really like to drink tea, you could make a turmeric tea with maybe some other sort of herb that might help with pain. And you can start doing that a couple times a day or just drink it throughout the day and that will help, you know? Right. So, but it has to be something that resonates with you and that you will believe will work or at least help. It may not take the pain away completely, but it will help you. Cool. Thanks, love. This one is for Love and Light 777. They said, correlation between meat and spirituality. Well, that's a touchy one, but I'll be happy to touch on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I look at meat like I look at almost anything in the world. Like everything has its effects. Now, generally speaking, meat is a lower vibration food. and, and- But that's mostly because of the way that it's processed and taken care of. And like, you know, at the end of their life, they, they're putting a lot of like energy into their own physical body with like fear and stuff, which is right. why it's more of a dense energy than say a salad. And I would even say that adds to it, but even I would say it's just heavy. It's a heavier thing a for heavier your body food, to digest even if it was all ethical thicker, and everything. Yeah. Right. So therefore that doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, make it bad. It just, it, it has a certain consequence. Like if you eat a lot of meat, it might, it might for a lot of people, you know, in a sense, blunt their spiritual connection. Now, with that said, all of us are raising our frequency very, very quickly. And I know for one, I've gone the the opposite route where I've cut out all impurities in my life, meditated all the time, really trying to align with this higher frequency. But basically what that caused me to do was go too fast. Mm-hmm. I was becoming way too ungrounded, way too, in a sense, spiritual, unrelatable to most <laughs> people. My physical body was a complete mess. I was weak. I was brittle. I was getting sick all the time. Um, so at that point in my life, the heavier, low vibration foods actually were what exactly what my physical body and even for my own happiness and general well-being needed at that time. So there's a time and a place, in my opinion, for everything. Mm-hmm. I... Um, I'm trying to think of how to, how to word this. So I would do what resonates. So if eating meat 
totally repels you, don't do it. Right. Don't eat any meat. Not because we say so, but because it repels because you. Because it doesn't work in your body right now. But also remain open that if it does start to come back and work for your body, that's okay too. Everything has to to align with you in your current vibration. So if eating meat resonates, do it. If only eating fish resonates, do that. I go through phases where I don't eat red meat really, but I'll go through phases where I'll be like, I, I, I late, especially right now, I've, I've not been eating red meat for a while. And I'm starting to feel like I might need to, to do that like once to torture myself. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, but I listen to that and I give my body what it needs because if I don't give my body what it needs, then it's not going to process and do the things necessary for me to fully grow and heal in the way that I want to. Yeah. It's all about cycles. Like for example, Patty just got off a dieta where she was eating an extremely right. high vibrational diet to the point where it's unsustainable. Yeah. Like if you would have continued eating that way, you would have been too sensitive for everyday life. You would have been too weak physically. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so, but at the time your theme was to open up as much as possible spiritually, but now you're going through a point where it's like, okay, let's ground yeah. myself. Let's integrate. Let's sort of heal or like give my body more of the nourishment it needs. That's why you're feeling called to like the heavier foods. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I felt guided sort of naturally to go through this process multiple times. Yeah. And I've learned to just not say to my, to not pitch my tent as David Icke says, David Icke says, people like to pitch their tent and say, you know what? This is what I am. I'm a vegetarian, I'm a Republican, I'm a Christian, I'm a, a whatever, this, that, or that. It's like I've learned to remain flexible. Mm -hmm. There are times where I don't eat any meat. I eat like a vegan diet. There are times where I don't and I do eat meat. And I just sort of, I make my decision based on what's obviously resonating mm -hmm. with me at that time. It's not because I read an article and I feel guilty. It's not because someone told me I need to do it. It's because I go with what resonates. Whatever resonates is always very obvious. So mm -hmm. whoever's asking this, don't ask us. Ask yourself, what mm -hmm. do you feel about this situation? Mm -hmm. And then act accordingly. Because that's going to be the only way that works for you. Right. And if you are being, like if someone is a vegan, but they're only being a vegan out of guilt, that is the worst possible reason to be a vegan. Yeah, that's because sort of you're a lower eating, vibration course of action. Yeah, you're eating that guilt. Every time that you like define yourself as a vegan, you're eating that guilt and that all that energy. And that's worse for you than actually eating a piece of fish or a piece of chicken or something like that or some cheese. Right. Or maybe you do want to be a vegan, but your family, you know, eats Doesn't a lot of understand. meat and you feel mm -hmm. bad about saying anything and you're eating it and you're feeling like crap all the time. Yeah. Don't and, do that either. Cause yeah. that's the same, same exact, the same exact thing. thing. It's the opposite around. spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Hmm. How this is for M dot AV 12, how to not resist my intuition. Well, it's not easy sometimes because <laughs> sometimes your intuition is pointing you in scary directions. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's still a choice though. Mm -hmm. I, for me, because I was very resistant to um, my calling and um, in the beginning because I had so many definitions of what my calling meant and what my current life situation meant. And, um, so for me, I would say 
go into your definitions to figure out why you're resisting and release those definitions because every person is individual. So for me, um, going into, uh, plant medicine and shamanism that I had a definition of how that had to look. And that was what created my resistance to it. So I, ha- I had to realize that my version of what I will be doing is not going to be the same as anyone else's because I'm going to be the one doing it. And same with you, whatever your, your, your passion is or your purpose is, it's not going to be the same as anybody else's. So you get to create your own definition of what that looks like for you and go with that. Because, and that will help alleviate the resistance. There might still be some resistance in the beginning once you, when you start releasing the definition, but, um, eventually you'll get there. Yeah. And, and generally speaking nowadays, most people's intuition is guiding them to more of their true core natural selves So guiding you to growth, guiding you to a greater alignment with your true calling, your true self. Um, but because that usually involves something a bit unfamiliar to our present reality, following your intuition usually implies stepping into the unknown. Mm. So it's very common to resist your intuition and just know that you're not alone. Is, was the question, what was the exact question? How to not resist your intuition. Oh. Yeah, I, so just okay. understand so I that. answered the question wrong. A little bit. It's okay. You had good <laughs> advice though. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you threw sorry. me off. You threw me I'm off. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, I think what you said was spot on. I think a lot of times you can ask yourself, ask yourself, why am I resisting? Usually your intuition wants to take you in a direction that you feel is going to be right for you, but you think might not be, you think might be bad. So you want to examine those definitions. And also I can say just having experience where you just choose to trust your intuition in spite of your desire to resist it your intuition, I promise you, will prove itself to you. It'll show you that, you know what, I know you're afraid to step off this cliff, but I'm glad that you did because now you've seen there was 100,000 angels there to swoop you away and Mm -hmm. lift you off to heaven. Please don't jump off a cliff, though. Yeah. (laughs) Let's see. This is from Taylor. What up, Taylor? Hey, brother, what can we best do to heal our childhood past right now? I would say don't a lot of people ask me those kind of questions like how do I release my fear? How do I let go of my ego? How do I release my inner childhood pain or whatever? Those are that's like saying how do I become a scientist? Mm-hmm. How do I become an astronaut? Like well, there's a lot you got to do. Yeah. You got to get a book, get a sign for college, all these things. So you could you you don't want to just try to take on these huge tasks yeah, he, in sort of one lump sum. You want to just do the next obvious thing. Right. The next layer of your inner child that can be healed is going to already be showing up in your life. It's mm-hmm. going to be showing up in your intuition and your dreams and your synchronicity and in your life. And you want to look at addressing that next layer and giving your full focus rather than broadening it to the point where it's extremely overwhelming and unproductive right. to try to do it all at once. Yeah, you have to look at it like your childhood didn't happen in a day. Your childhood happened over years. So you're not going to be able to release that just by s- sitting in, in one session. I mean, it maybe, maybe. 
Probably not. But no. most likely, yeah. no. So you have to allow for the layers to come out. And like, you know, um, when one thing's coming to the surface, just work on that, like Vic just said. And then know that it's not done. <laughs> it's not over yet. And that there will be something else that will come up, but it's okay. Just allow for that the, the um, different childhood issues to come to the surface and just work on what the task at hand. Yes. And also know that no technique or practice is the one. You're going to naturally resonate with certain things. Like me and Patty, we resonate with ayahuasca. Just this last weekend, I did a retreat and I had a, I had just such a ridiculously profound and healing experience that my mind, you want to take I know, sorry. I, I, I'm still in awe at just how effective it is for me. Not because it works for everybody. Not because it's the one I'm suggesting. I'm talking about myself. That works for me. So Taylor, what works for you? What modalities resonate with you? So you want to kind of do both of what we said. You want to look at what is life showing you now and what techniques or whatever resonate with you that you can apply towards what's the theme that's emerging in your life okay but at the same time consider what i said you wouldn't go to a restaurant order everything on the menu and then ask the chef how do i eat all this food in one bite they lab say to do it at one bite at a time which food do i start with start with the food that's in front of your face okay i'll do one more question let's see here see thoughts and experience on astral projection so this is something i have done a few times i spoke earlier about lucid dreaming which is awesome that's when you wake up and you realize you're dreaming and then can go and control the dream and astral projection is different it's where you actually leave your body consciously it's where you stay present and conscious through the different layers and transitions into the sleep state. And when you get to that threshold, when you're about to fall asleep, you're still awake and you get to actually experience consciously lifting up out of your body and floating off there into like the dreamscape or into the astral plane rather. So I've done that several times. I haven't done it in a long time. It's not really been an intention of mine. Um, but I would say I have a friend who's an just absolute master at that. His name is Ryan Cropper. You can check him out on YouTube. If I was someone who was interested in learning how to do that, he would be the first place I looked. He, that's literally his specialty, and he's amazing at it. So anyway, I just answered the last question, love. What if I had something to add? What do you have to say about astral projection? <laughs> Nothing. I didn't think so. <laughs> Let's see. Maybe there's one more that came in when we were doing the podcast. Let's see. Here we go. Let's see. Yeah, I don't really see any other ones that I think would be good. So we're going we're gonna to close, my friend. We've been here about a half hour, so our, our son keeps coming in. I think he's getting antsy, and both Patty and I have to run off and yeah. scamper off for the gym. But we actually, and this was actually fun for me. How about you? Yeah. I enjoy it. I like yeah. the, the Q&A. Yeah, we'll do more of these. You guys can let us know if, if you enjoy these. We'll do, definitely do more of those. Do more of these. I, I enjoyed it. Um, 
Anyways, my friends, I hope this makes up for our absence last week. This is two for the week. Um, you guys have an amazing week. We'll be there on schedule tomorrow or next week um, for another new episode. Have an amazing time. Until then, namaste. Namaste. <laughs>